pitted against the galaxy's fiercest foe, you either win or the whole world loses. Contra. Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Sean. And I'm Sam. Full house today, guys. Huzzah. Uh, it's not on TV. Uh, <laughs> just, just saying that we are a full house. It's probably on TV. It's been a while. Um, no, it hasn't. Special, you were on the special. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> best of 87. Uh, you missed two games, but uh, you were there for the essential games list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was... You missed the birth of my daughter, but... Oh, uh, whatever. She'll, you'll yeah, have more... Fine. Right or, here on the podcast. Or not. Or yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're talking about Contra today. <laughs> <laughs> this is going in weird places. <laughs> Contra is a run-and-gun game, uh, which we have not had on uh, Nostalgia before, but it basically feels like a shmup, right? What is your guys' like familiarity with run-and-gun? It sort of felt like Commando. Okay. You know, like a yeah. like Commando was a very bad version of what yeah. this would or turn like into. Akari Warriors yeah. almost, but the other way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Akari Warriors from the side. Um, yeah, I, I well, I feel like those two had uh I don't know, they they felt slower in pace yeah. and nature, mm-hmm. whereas this feels more like, you know, you're constantly shooting, you're constantly yeah. moving. Action like, packed. There's right. a lot of things on the screen coming at you. I remember Akari Warriors couldn't even like handle that many yeah, things right. on the screen yeah. at once. Yeah, the, there's something about it being so so packed with stuff and also it being like controllable enough that it's that it makes it like a tense run and gun experience where I think the other ones fell short a little bit. Yeah, and uh, Wikipedia describes a run-and-gun as a shoot-'em-up in which the protagonists fight on foot, perhaps with the ability to jump. Run-and-gun games may use side-scrolling, vertical-scrolling, or isometric viewpoints, and may feature multi-directional movement. Perchance to be able to jump. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and run-and-gun games that I can think of are things like Metal Slug, uh, Cuphead... Is a is a running gun game? Earth Defense Force does that count? I think that counts. Okay. Um, a cup, a cup I, you're not on. Are you, oh, you're I'd on play. Yeah, for a lot of levels. Yeah, you're yeah, you're a young man. I'm just thinking about the uh, the flying levels. Sorry if we said this. Did did we say Mega Man? Uh, do you, do you would consider Mega Man a running gun? I think it's a little I bit think it's slower. A platformer. Yeah, it's platformer, yeah. but like slower, but also I mean you run, you gun. Yeah, I mean I guess that's <laughs> you know? that's that's tough because I wouldn't in my in my head I wouldn't think Mega but Man platformer that, at all. But yeah, based yeah. on that description, is technically is Super Mario Brothers a running gun game? The lines between genres are sort of fluid. Yeah, and exactly. We need to clearly spectrum. define it right now, Sean. <laughs> all right, let's do it. No, uh, it's fine. Uh, oh. <laughs> the, we should talk about the, about Contra, which uh, the objective basically of Contra is just to uh, platform your way through seven levels and shoot down uh, aliens and other enemies. I say because it's unclear if they're just like people of Earth yeah, that or have, like, alien been henchmen. By the aliens. Right. Like, who would take the alien side? Who they are, but you have to pretty much just basically shoot down everything in your way. There's no way really around things. Should there have or, been a diplomatic option? There is no diplomatic option. But, but I'm saying, should there have been? I think I, there I should think have been maybe a pacifist option too. You pretty much have to kill everything. Yeah, you stealth options. There's very few things me. you can just like jump over and continue about on your way. True. So let, let's get into first impressions. Uh, Joe, why don't you take us through your first impression playing Contra? This is one of the rare games that I didn't have a blind spot to. I actually have played this as a kid. Um, was not very good at it, particularly when I was younger. 
But I went in knowing a little a little bit about it, remembering it a little bit. I already had pretty high expectations for it because I remember liking it, and I and I know it had it has a lot of uh, positive reception. It actually, off the bat, exceeded my expectations. It was more fun than I remembered, and I and you know I I just immediately kind of got absorbed in it. All right, cool, Sean. Um, I also knew about Contra, and I had played maybe the 16-bit versions of this game. Uh, but right off the bat, what I noticed was this game looks really good. It, whether it's the uh, the the background art or the actual uh, sprites for your character, like this is the first time that it actually kind of feels like an 80s action movie. Um, so I was also pleasantly surprised with that. All right, Sam. Uh, I had played this game before somehow. I don't remember exactly which version of it uh, it was. You know, just a couple minutes of it. And kind of the same as Joe, I was surprised at how, you know, just how solid it was. Like, the movement was good. But one thing that we haven't mentioned is it sounds cool, too. Like, the, the one thing I noticed immediately was that the gun sounds really cool to That's fire. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think the, another reason uh, to the benefit of, like, playing games this way, the way we do it on Nostalgia, where we play them chronologically, is that you really see the the surprise that a game like this mm-hmm. can bring. Whereas if you're just kind of, like, shuffling through the NES as an afterthought, and you play some other games later, this one might not, like, surprise you as much. But this is the first yeah. time... I mean, we're this is 93, and this is a very impressive game. Um, 93? No, uh, Game 93. Oh, Game 93. Yeah, like, like 93 games in, and I'm still being surprised yeah. by, like, ways that the games can play. And to Sean's point, like... I was blown away by the the fluidness of the animation and yeah. the fact that you were able to do the diagonal attack, something that we talked about in Castlevania, that we wanted Simon to be able to like strike the whip in multiple directions, something he wouldn't get until Super Castlevania on the Super Nintendo. So to have all those things like in this game from the very start, uh, it was it was a flawless presentation at the start of it, and it even starts cool. You like. You hit start on the game. The you get like very you get like a scorecard or something. It says like player one start, and then you do like a like a triple front flip and just land <laughs> in the jungle. And it's like wow, what a way yeah. to enter the game and know that you're about to kick some butt. Yeah, and to mention something about how clean it all looks, this is something that I never thought of before, but it's always been like subconsciously there that some games that I don't like that I that I think feel weird to play are games where the platforms are not super clear where you can land and what's a platform. And this is like, everything is crisp and clear and you know what you're, where, where you're standing on, where you can go, where you can jump. Nothing's confusing in mm-hmm. this game. Which, well, we've had that problem very recently with both Karnov and Wizards and Warriors where yeah, it was right. kind of like some things it just doesn't seem like they should be platforms and you're standing on them and other things you want them to be platforms and they're not. I will say, you know, we're getting a bit into gameplay here, but there are some um, problems with conscious platforming as well, though, where you have to get like right to the edge of the current platform to make a successful jump. And I never yeah. like that. I'm not really a fan of that kind of thing. One other first impression that I have was that I noticed that there's like a, a demo mode if you wait on the home screen for too long. Oh, yeah. And, and we haven't had that. I don't think we've ever had that. Before. Yeah, I think we have. Yeah, we, well, I'm trying to think of what it was. I don't remember. I either. think it was uh, Karate Champ. Not a Karate Champ. Yeah, what's the one we love the backgrounds? Oh, Karate Champ. I'm pretty sure Karate <laughs> yeah. Champ had oh, yeah. a, a demo play. Oh. 
Yeah, and I really like that too. So yeah, so that's a that good call. Yeah, because you never, you know, you you never get like that in the older games. But I remember even in like N sixty four games, which is what I grew up on. Sometimes mm-hmm. you would watch those just to get ideas yeah. of what to yeah. do. I you remember know? Donkey Kong sixty four had those. Had yeah, a couple I of never really from, thought in the to beginning. Do that. I always just got annoyed that I started making noise when I was just waiting on like the main menu. And it's like, wait, I want I want to make my selection. <laughs> <laughs> well, that this game does that a lot. You try, you know. You try and put in a little Konami code there, you get like a few seconds before that cutscene comes up. Yeah, yeah. Right. All right, so before we go any further in gameplay, let's talk about uh, some tales from the manual. Uh, one thing to note is that the uh, Contra was first on the arcade, and so the plot's a little different on the NES version. For those of you in the know, the arcade plot is that in 2633 AD, two armed elite marine commandos, Contra, named Bill and Lance, are sent on a mission to neutralize a terrorist organization called Red Falcon that is secretly planning to take over the entire the entire world. And it is up to this two-man army to put an end to this madness once and for all. Uh, you know, I, the, the fact that aliens don't come up in this plot description <laughs> is a little strange, uh, but it does help understand why there are, like, also, like, human figures that you fight in the game, too, because Red Falcon is, like, the terrorist organization, and then it just happens to be that they're in cahoots with aliens who are helping take over the world. But the plot is a little different in the NES game, and so, Joe, why don't you walk us through what you, what the what the differences are for the NES version of Contra? Sure. So, so like you said, it's a little more alien-based, which which was surprising. Um, but in, in the NES version... Going back to 1957, an extraterrestrial object crash-landed into Earth, and Earth scientists just passed it off as as, as a nothing event, and they, they forgot about it. 30 years later, now in 1987, 1988, whenever, there are reports of an evil force appearing in the Amazon, uh, which I think is funny that they consider them inherently evil. The United States government, I guess? Yeah, uh, yeah the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. So it sends oh the Pentagon okay the Pentagon sends special forces uh, and congratulations you're those special forces is what the manual says in the middle of the story suddenly shifts to congratulations pal you're one of the chosen ones uh, you're sent in to take out the alien invaders one other thing the manual mentions that if you succeed well it doesn't matter because I doubt you will I love I love that like that fight from the manual you know like that like you won't pull it off coward <laughs> yeah exactly uh, but and, when, and those are those are just like the, the cliff notes of it it actually is a pretty in-depth story yeah, which i recommend I, you read I really there's a lot like of the, detail to it i really like the part where they justify why there's only a two-man team going into the amazon yeah, rainforest. yes this yeah. is the first time that i've actually sort of like bought the the manual story it's not about some bullshit in 32xx with a planet gore blacks that's yeah, gonna and eat everybody to, if this is more powerful the more people attack yeah, it or something this is some like cold war stuff with aliens and i think it's, mm. it's awesome that they actually explain like we just don't want the economies to get all messed up so it's just gonna be you two <laughs> right right we don't we don't want to start a war yeah. but you <laughs> just know that, that there's aliens there <laughs> but you think that there'd be like some kind of Talks going on with the Russians, be like, yo, or the Brazilians, or the Brazilians, yeah. be like, yo, yo, guys, there's there's aliens. Like, I get that we don't like each other, but like, come on, like, it's they're, heated, they're right? trying to they're yeah. trying to kill us all. Yeah, and, and we should probably talk now too about like the influences of like movies at that time that that would would have made Contra popular because this definitely has like a Rambo meets Alien, yeah, uh, kind of or Aliens. 
uh, kind of feel to it uh, because the Alien is. I always think of that as more of like a horror film, and Aliens is the, more like a Colonel the, the design. Though is still either or. Okay, I mean, it's, yeah, it's super like knockoff H.R. Geiger when you get to the the more uh, alien levels. Yes, later and, in the game. And what is that H.R. Geiger? What that is that? the designer that designed the uh, the alien itself. Okay, because that's what I'm always thinking of. Is like, do those aliens have names? Uh, like, yeah, it's a xenomorph. 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 That's he also is, okay. designed all of the weird, like, uh, sort of like temple-looking structures throughout the movies. Got it. Because the 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 xenomorph thing at first, I was like, oh, okay, it's aliens, and I get the I get like the illusions that they make and stuff like that. But by the end of it, you're right. It, I think I saw a xenomorph at this <laughs> yeah, game at yeah. one point or oh, another yeah. towards the end of it. <laughs> but you also get the Rambo feel with um, the heroes who have changed. Uh, they're now uh, codenamed Scorpion and Mad Dog. Mad yeah. Dog. <laughs> Mad Dog <laughs> Bill. And and that gives me more of like a Rambo feel with the way they look and they're, you know, especially, they have the big especially 80s the muscles. Scorpion. Uh, yeah, Scorpion looks yeah. a little bit like um, so, Al Pacino meets Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> like I think he's got a Sylvester Stallone look to him. Oh, yeah, Sylvester yeah, Stallone. Yeah. That's who I meant. Yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah. I thought, so then I assumed that Bill was supposed to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. But okay. he doesn't look as much like it as as Lance he looks, looks like. like. A, he looks like um, Joe Pesci to me. He looks kind of <laughs> no. Who's that guy from Rocky Four? Oh yeah, the, the, the Russian, yeah, the Russian yeah. guy. Yeah, is that him? I think it's Dolph yeah, Lundgren. Uh, yeah, he looks like that. He looks more like that. With that, <laughs> I can see him right. as a, like as a Terminator. You know? Yeah, like in the next Terminator. What? Yeah, this no. guy from the manual. It'll be like the, the drawing of this no, guy. Like imagine him without the hair. He kind of looks like you know, like the robot version of. Yeah, no, I can see him. it. Yeah, and then did you guys know that in Europe, this whole series for a very long time was not <laughs> called Contra, Progressborg, uh, Probotector. Is what it was called. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, no. Probotector. Uh, I yeah. What is that? Like a Robocop? Like <laughs> yeah, that's a. I, I didn't heard that one. But here's the weirdest thing: if you look at the box, like that they sold the the Probotector ones in. If you look at like Contra uh, in the Japan version or the American version, it's pretty much like the same box art with Mad Dog and Scorpion on it. If you look at Probotector, it's two guys in like mech suits. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's like, weird. It's like Gundam. It's like you're selling that to the wrong audience. I feel like, but there's also no mechs in the in the European version. They didn't add that, so it's like weird to just advertise that there's going to be something. Maybe they're just it, maybe they're just showcasing the one enemy in like level four that like has that turret thing. And that kind of looks like a mech that doesn't move. No, if you saw these oh, guys mean, on the box art, you I, would know. I, I, yeah, I haven't so seen I know it. I'm saying you would know that, like, that, what is maybe these are the things that they flew to the Amazon <laughs> in and then said, "Well, we don't need these to fight. Like, I can just yeah, do the, it with my bare the hands." The cover art is actually like the prologue to the game. So it's it's explaining <laughs> how they got there. Exactly. Yeah, that's just how they yeah, they flew in on their skulls. Uh, Skells is like a Xenoblade Cross thing. Skell? Yeah, that's like the the mechs in Xenoblade Cross are All called right. Skells. Enough with the weebs. We are, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're getting so into it that we might as well talk about the gameplay of Contra. Sean, you mentioned the graphics kind of blew you away in this one. Would you like to talk a little bit more in depth about that? Uh, sure. Um, 
for the most part, I was pretty impressed with just the sprite work. Like I, I did mention the backgrounds, but the sprite work in general was what really got me because like you could see the muscles in these guys. And I was just like, hell yeah. But, but later in the game, uh, when it actually switched, we didn't ever mention that it switches, uh, perspective like every once in a while mm-hmm. and you go into this pseudo 3D, uh, world. And even then, like that, that was pretty convincing. The, the last time I saw, uh, that perspective was like, uh, what's the game? Goonies 2. Yeah. <laughs> and it was much more, uh, much more primordial back then, and uh, it wasn't intuitive at all compared no. to this. And this, you're freely control of your character, yeah. uh, but, except but for the just, electric fences. But, yeah, yeah, but but to stay on, to stay on track with the graphics there too, I think that the actual like stage designs were were amazing too. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look yeah. at you know Super Mario Brothers, it's it's you're sold on just like the bricks and the and like the occasional like little hill islands that they have and uh the clouds and stuff like shading and like this has yeah yeah, this has like full environments that sell me on the idea of like i'm in the jungle now i'm in like these uh i guess like bases uh during the pseudo 3d levels the bases are a bit more convincing because the outdoor spaces still have some really weird geography that would only exist in a in a side-scrolling platformer game that's (laughs) true there's a few like (laughs) Not floating platforms, yeah, but floating few, islands yeah. of land. But like, yeah. it's still really good looking. Yeah. Right, mm. it works. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, like there was never a point in the game where a design decision like wasn't correctly made for for me, like, at least I, aesthetically. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And, I, and I was immersed at all times. There wasn't a, a point where yeah. And and to uh, another point, is this the first time that we're seeing this like isometric three D look? Uh, or has this happened before? Because when I think of these games, uh, you're you're looking at it straight on. You don't see any depth. But in Contra, you can you can actually see like, oh no, this platform extends beyond your body in the Z axis. Did, did did you catch this at all? In in the oh in the side scrolling yeah. parts. Oh, I thought you meant the. No, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I think that that is a good example. I, I'm I'm struggling to recall something, but I feel like, and maybe this is just my familiarity with 2D games that I feel like we've seen that before. Mm-hmm. But it's done really convincingly yeah. here. Yeah, and, and there's um in in the Famicom version, there actually is like certain extra details even added to the environments because they got like an extra chip added uh, to theirs, which we didn't get in the NES version. But like the trees even like sway uh, oh. as if there's wind and stuff like that, and the and the grass uh, like kind of rustles and stuff. So I think like those extra bonuses would have been welcomed. But I'm sold on yeah, the yeah, yeah. world, and I think I, I think oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think going to what you were talking about with the level of detail on the Z axis, mm-hmm. I think we've seen that only in games where it was pulled off poorly. The yeah. way I was talking about earlier, where yeah, there's I think in. Um, was it Wizards and Warriors? Where I yes. some of the platforms, yeah. like even though it, be, I think because Very of it, it made it hard to see where you're yeah. supposed to go. But they we're trying to do that, and I think this is where they pulled it off. The last little bit about the graphics in this game: um, there are some projectile effects, uh, specifically in some of the bosses, um, that are these weird little discs of energy. Uh, that are probably the most detailed sprites that are just sort of like weird shapes that I've ever seen. It looks like it came out of a Super NES game. Hmm. And I don't know if you, if you know exactly what I'm talking about. They've got about. like a lighting to them. Yeah, right? it's, that, it's yeah. got a weird... It, even it looks even really the good. bubbles do it really yeah. well. There's yeah, those blue right. uh, transparent bubbles that are just, uh, you know, in my mind, incredible to see this early on the NES. Yeah. 
Uh, two, two other graphics thoughts, though. Uh, the way things explode uh, is <laughs> yeah. nice, too. And, and it's not just kind of like a... Sometimes with these games, you get the cop out of, like, when you kill the thing, it flashes mm-hmm. and then just disappears. I'm glad that we didn't get that. No, this but, is a fiery explosion. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Fiery <laughs> they, explosion. they really leaned into it, too. Even some of the walls explode. Yeah, the when you, <laughs> and when and you're Sam in, mentioned earlier, too, it sounds good. Uh, when the yeah. you know when you're shooting your gun and when these explosions go off and stuff like that, you feel mm-hmm. like you're in the chaos of it all. Uh, I was gonna say that the those two sections that are the you know on the other axis, the pseudo three D um, that's stages pseudo, two the, and four, the three D battles of World Runner sections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one thing I really liked about those is the like when you go to a new area, you go through this dark spot first, you know, and then the lights come on and suddenly there's enemies there. Yeah. You know, it's just a nice You're walking touch. down that hallway, yeah. Yeah, you walk down a dark hallway, which I think is cool, mm-hmm. you know, and there's nothing there and suddenly you're in the thick of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you don't exactly know uh, what's coming next, but you don't have to worry yeah. about that either. The game does give you, uh, at least when you're playing single player for the most part, mm. uh, ample time to respond to things if you yeah. choose to lay back. Yeah, yeah. but there, what I mean is there's like a little bit of pause in the action, and you have to just kind of go into this dark space. They oh, could, that's true too. They could yeah. have just loaded it up with the next section, you right, know, but right. instead it's like, no, you got to get ready. And it's you your know? choice, too, to go forward. Yeah, I thought uh, that was cool. One one other graphics thing is that the uh, progression from uh, being like the Amazon to the alien lair, I, I thought was done well. Uh, they could have maybe uh, saved the surprise better in terms of how they lay out the enemies and bosses in the game, because that's a little more random. Where yeah. It's like I didn't feel like I should... All of a sudden, aliens just show up in stage yeah. three, and I'm like, the alien boss, and he's a great boss, but I'm You're like... You're talking about the UFO? Um, not the UFO. I'm talking about the one with the swinging arms. Yeah, yeah. and that's like a that's a fantastic uh, sprite work on that guy. Uh, Yes, that's that's one of the bosses that I meant with uh, the the energy sprite. Yes, yeah. But also, just it just felt weird uh, that you know they they took such a careful design in how the stages would progress from like normal Amazon to uh, alien. But when the like actual enemy placement and stuff like that, it's just like. I think now is a good time yeah, to introduce right. uh, aliens into the world. Yeah. Like, you're just climbing a hill. Yeah. Well, because otherwise, if you hadn't read the manual and you get to those aliens at the end, other than those bosses, you'd be like, what the heck? I thought I was fighting people all this time. And but, but do you think you expect that? Like, I mean, uh, in 1980, I guess in because 1988, of what video like, games were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, 1980, probably just, we were all stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably just like, oh, yeah, of course there's aliens in this game. Like, I'm shocked if there's not. Yeah, right. <laughs> and now let's talk about the platforming. Uh, for the game, uh, the you know, and this can include jumping and, and controls in general. Uh, but you know, the game, while we described it as a run and gun because you're mostly dealing with firepower and taking down enemies, there there is a fair bit of platforming, and, and later on, certain stages have puzzles. So, how did we feel about movement in the game in general? Uh, I thought that it was movement was pretty tight. The only thing I didn't like was that in order to go down from the top of a platform you have to press A like an anti jump kind of and that kind of that would mess me up sometimes when i had to do like quick movements like quick jump down dodge something and shoot I'm um, funny. I think, I think that's funny that you say that it's a problem because I that, think that, that felt fairly intuitive to me. Yeah, yeah, I guess the only other thing you could have done uh, for those of you that don't know, you have to actually like lay down uh, when you hold it down on the D pad. Your player character you go prone. Uh, like yeah, they they go military on the floor and, <laughs> no, and I go military on the floor. military pose. You know, like uh, <laughs> army crawl. Yeah, yeah, uh, army crawl. They just call and, it crawl though. 
Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah don't roll, right? See, not, no, you can't move yeah. them. If you're holding the defense down, you can't. Uh, yeah, yeah like, They'll go back yeah, to walking to walk, if you right. move, right? That's a weird thing. But the, anyway, once they're down on the ground like that, if you hit your jump button, they'll be able to go to the ledge below them. I mm-hmm. guess the only other thing you could have done is maybe like double, double tap, tap That's what I was down thinking. on yeah. the D-pad yeah. to, to go down. But I could see that actually leading to like more awkward, yeah, yeah especially, especially because you can shoot down mm-hmm. by holding oh, down. So yeah. I think that would give you the problem where yeah. you'd be trying to shoot down and you'd accidentally go through. And moving th- uh, through ledges like that, like when you want to go down to a ledge, it doesn't happen that often. So I kind of like that it wasn't like a, a button you could accidentally you press. Would be, yeah, that you yeah. would be doing yeah. often. Yeah, I actually, to be honest, didn't know about... I didn't know there was a way to do that from platform to platform until like much later in the game when I think you needed to do it in the energy zone, I think even, which is like what, level five? Huh. Like then you needed to do huh. it, and then I was like, "Wow, this would have been really helpful earlier." <laughs> but I also—that's just from me not having read the manual well, first. You know, I would have thought you would have done it on the very first boss. Well, You're maybe goofed. if I had known. Yeah, no, I was gonna it, say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the very first boss kind of sets it up as like a. You want to uh, take advantage right. of being able to quickly access the right. floors but, below but you. But I never thought of. I never thought of how to do that. I was. I just assumed you couldn't do it because I was it. trying. Well, to press you got to read the manual like, sometimes. Exactly. Uh, and then I don't know about you guys, but for me, the jump is, is great for its range. But I hated that it was a complete jump every time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was yeah. a problem because. Sometimes the level is arranged in such a way that there is a enemy just shooting bullets over your head, and you would never get hit by it unless you have to jump. Mm. And you have to jump, and you get you just jump right into the bullet. Um, and while it has like you're always at max range, that max range is always just a little too short to get to certain platforms and. So these certain platforms look like you should be able to reach them. So the jump, while it at least you have some control while you're in midair. Uh, it's a little... Uh, it has enough flaws that I, I can get annoyed by it. Right. It's great that you can that you can completely move left to right as needed, because sometimes yeah. that's the whole reason you're jumping to dodge bullets in the first place. Mm-hmm. But I hate that uh, you couldn't, like, tap A to get a slightly less higher... Right. Even if it was just, like, maybe two to three stages. It didn't have to be, like, as in-depth as Mario's. Yeah. But I just... I think that, you know, there's so many points that you run into in this game, especially with the bosses, where a complete jump actually hangs you up for a while. Yeah. And then you have to kind of now think about, like, okay, I'm in the air for this long. Like, where do I land? Yeah, That's right. safe, you know? Yeah. It is nice, though, that you can, because I, I know some games don't allow this, that you can still fire while you're in the air. Because that mm-hmm. sometimes is like a huge detriment when you jump and you're just stuck yeah. doing nothing. And it's very important. So, you have to do yeah, that at yeah. certain points. Direct, directional shooting is is new to us, especially in this way where you can hold up and left to shoot, uh, you know, in that direction. And, and so I wonder, having this be the first time, did you guys feel like they pulled it off right away? Yeah, they they're, they're pulled it off. I, 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 I do have one minor gripe about it, although it's I can't think of a good solution to it. But there were a lot of times I'm trying to shoot diagonally up, yes. but not run forward. Yeah, but there's nothing you can really do about it. I understand yeah, yeah. that. I think that's just a a part of the flow of the game that you have to get used right. to. Yeah. But the, the thinking one, of like the way you can stop just below something and shoot straight up, and you can shoot straight down. And I know that the limitations of having a tiny controller. You do have but to I wish jump there was to a shoot way. straight down, though. Yeah. Like if you were. Yeah, that's true. 
I don't even know how you do it. Like if you hold A or something after a jump, yeah, it'd have then to you be this open. mess of yeah. button combinations yeah, was, to like, do that. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with probably make it what worse. It yeah. With the NES controller, mm-hmm. I just, that was one thing that, that, you know, I got hung up on a few times. One spot where that really got me was when that one, uh, the armored truck comes at you. Yeah. In like the third level oh, or yeah, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the best way to do it is to, like go all the way to the left side of the screen and and crouch down or you know crawl and then shoot diagonally up or shoot right. Or no, shoot you it. can actually you can shoot you, you, uh, it's, it's misleading, but you can actually shoot straight on even though there's like a giant shield there. Yeah, you, hitting any part of that tank is damaged. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, and yeah. they give you the confirmation sound for that, so it's not right. like you just like find that out on accident. Yeah, but that, that's but an interesting was, strategy on your part to, it was to also, come up with that. <laughs> Like, turning around also at that point when you have to go to the edge of the screen and then turn around really quickly, but you don't want to move that yeah. far. I, I don't know. But, I mean, again, what can what can you do? I think I actually mentioned that. I was playing. Chris, our audio producer, was in the room, and uh, there were a few times where I was like, I needed to be, I needed to be on this pixel, mm-hmm. but then I needed to turn around, and to turn in that direction, you would move you would move a step in that direction no matter what. Yeah. Right. And, and I found that when you shoot down... Uh, diagonally, it's a lot harder to be precise. Whereas when I was shooting, um, uh, you know, in the upper diagonals, you know, walking wasn't like I, I felt like that was the natural yeah. way to move things, so it was like fine. But when I wanted to shoot down below, a lot of times I would wind up crouching yeah. instead, and I, I wasn't. Right. Uh, yeah. Sometimes that's not great. You yeah, know? The, right. the controls aren't perfect. And one thing that I don't know if it's just because of my exposure to uh, later games, uh, but I feel like the crouch slash prone button is a little too touchy because I would, and maybe this is my own fault and just, I haven't, I'm not holding the button down correctly, but um, I, I felt like when I was crouching to avoid projectiles, um, if I let off that button for like just one little like sliver of a, of a pound, <laughs> Um, I would just stand right up into uh, into fire, and I, I don't know if it's because like later games have a bit of an animation of you standing up, and it's not immediate, uh, so that you have that little cushion. But I, I found myself making that mistake over and over, even after yelling at myself to stop. And I don't know if you had anything <laughs> I, similar. I, I only had that, but like repeatedly in the. Uh forward-facing levels and the pseudo 3D yes. levels. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely had the same thing. Just because we're about to get into the pseudo 3D thing, I did want to just mention real fast, because this is kind of funny to me, that the first boss of the game, before you get to the pseudo 3D stage, is this, like, uh, wall <laughs> that has, like, a guy on the top shooting down at you. There's uh, these two turrets, and then there's just, like, this icon that you have to shoot that's, like, the keyhole, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, but what I like about it is it's it's like a kind of an ode to Gradius of like the shoot the core thing. Yeah. And, and it's like even in a non-traditional shmup like like Contra where you're actually running gun, you still have to shoot the core on a lot of these things to get through to the next yeah. level. I didn't actually see that as a, I mean, this is just however you perceive a boss as, but I didn't actually see that as a boss sought more as like just a set piece. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess I just always see in these games the end of a stage is just like always has a boss for me. Like huh. that's who the boss is. But you're probably more right. It is it is more like a and this is why the next part of the level is yeah. like 3D because <laughs> yeah, you, you went, went into, into the base. Place, yeah. yeah. Which is fine. 
so let's talk about the bass because I think that's something really cool that they did pretty well by my, by my book. Yeah. Uh, they made the screen, if, if you guys can tell, they put like a border around it so they actually didn't have to animate as many pixels. Mm-hmm. They, they put like a cave border yeah. around it. And that's something that you'll see later NES games like Kirby's Adventure do really well is that the whole game is actually just has a border around it so they can put <laughs> more um, more pixels and animation into the actual screen design. Yeah. Doom wound up doing that even on the Super Nintendo. That was a that was a to solve a problem. Right, right. <laughs> but I think like so, you know same you could say the same thing here. It's solving yeah. a problem because who's to say that if you don't have that cave border that it's gonna. Um, work all that work well. as, yeah. as as well as it did, or flow as nice because yeah. it's a lot of bullets on the yeah, screen. These are very points. busy stages, yeah. um, where it's sort of like a it's sort of like a tennis match, but only I, I don't know why I say that. Uh, you know, it's funny because I don't know why you say that either, but it makes <laughs> it sense. Ma- it like, sense. I get yeah. it. A tennis like, match. If the idea is that well, you should be dodging the balls <laughs> of those that your opponent shoots, so think about it. Looks like fights. I feel like there's a tennis game that's in this perspective or something. I mean, the, the, the tennis, tennis game that yeah. we played. Yeah. There's like the net of the the electricity. There's <laughs> yeah, in tennis true. they call it like a volley, which is also like I think you can in, refer like, to that. Like weapons, yeah. weapons is like volleying, firing yeah. volleys. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically just tennis. tennis. I mean, this like is my favorite sports game so far. <laughs> the, yes. Yeah, Contra's a sports game. Who knew? I like it. Uh, and there's like a, a lot of targets in this stage yeah. that you have mm-hmm. to shoot and take down. And, and to be clear, too, I don't know if we've actually said this yet, but this is a from the perspective behind your character, behind whatever his name is, the Scorpion or whatever yeah. his name is. Behind Scorpion. And, and, he's, <laughs> and he just moves side to side and shoots forward. So it's like it feels 3D. I don't know if we were clear yeah, on that no, yet. But. It, I guess it could have held, had some more clarification. Yeah, and it plays more like a like a 3D world runner from, from that kind of... I don't like that. <laughs> uh, because I think that is uh, a discredit to Contra. Absolutely. There's, there's no goofy, like, fake type Type R, Type Seven. What was the name of the uh, film? Yeah, Mode Seven. Mode Seven. Yeah. There's no like fake 3D movement going on in terms of the actual stage. Um, it's just uh, if you're on the left side of the screen, you're going to be firing at the left side of the far wall, and uh, and vice versa. And um, there's also like crouching works the same, except it's going to shoot the bottom of the far wall. It, it's a uh, it's pretty intuitive once you get used to it. So I guess that isn't intuition. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I think that uh, what I meant by that is just from like how it looks perspective-wise yeah. of, of of how you control the player. But on top of that, this mode made me feel a lot more defensive. Whereas I was saying with the other one, yeah. you constantly want to be shooting and everything like that. Mm-hmm. In this one, I was uh, ducking for a ma- you know majority of the level and then waiting for my opportunity to attack. Well, it because you don't have any motivation or even the ability to move forward until you've cleared this this one room. Mm-hmm. Right, that electric game, fence yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in every other like the side scrolling parts of this game, like you have to constantly be moving. You'll be fighting the same it, it, guys it, over and over. It does feel a little bit like a, like a cover based shooting game yeah. at this point. You, you and do, then they have you, oh. you crouch behind the the electric fence and it protects you, and you got to jump up to you know or pop up to shoot things that are either at your like eye level or sometimes you have to jump to shoot things that are higher but then like constantly watching where the bullets are yeah. and ducking when they come near you it's, it's pretty it's a pretty and, like different way of playing yeah. than the first level it's, it's interesting 
And then they have those uh, those rolling whatever they are the things that roll on the floor Blocks. at you. Are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Explosive. It, it must be like TNT, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> but they come at you in different patterns, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. So you can because for me, if it was just coming straight at me, it was kind of hard to time the jump. Uh, and I found myself landing on it a lot. Yeah, yeah the, um, the I, yeah the depth perception in this yeah. game isn't perfect. I stopped being, jumping over those at yeah. all. I just started shooting them. Yeah, that, yeah. I didn't realize that you could shoot them, and then yeah, I, exactly. I, it then didn't I started shooting them, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course. It didn't occur to me until I played with you uh, in co-op, and when I saw you shoot at them, I was like, why didn't I ever think that I could shoot these things? Yeah. 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 There's something psychological about them that makes them look indestructible. Yeah, because I think the patterns make it look yeah. like you're supposed to be jumping over right. these. But I also jumping to the side, if they're in like a V pattern and one of them is coming at you, uh, like the first one's coming at you, or the, I don't know, you can kind of jump over them sideways too. That, yeah. that makes no, it yeah, a little easier. Yeah, that's the only other thing you could do, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's like a weird little mix-up. That yeah. It's cool. Well, there's also a weird, if you are doing the jumping um, uh, strategy, there is a weird perspective to it where I felt like a lot of times when I was trying to do the jump, I was jumping way too early yeah. and it would yeah, still be on the screen and get me at the end of it. That's why this isn't perfect. Right, yeah. and you kind of yeah. have to like assess like you know this is a different kind of 3d so i gotta wait till these things are really close to me before i jump because they're gonna stay on the screen for a while Mm -hmm. so we've seen side scrolling then we had uh i would like to call that in this in this one forward scrolling okay did you just coin that term right now yeah that's that's my term now uh if you thought you had ownership of it and it now belongs to me and in stage three, we get vertical scrolling, uh, which we, you know, most people think of like, I guess, Super Mario Brothers 2 is like the vertical scrolling game example. See, I thought of this was more of like a flat wave scrolling. Flat wave scrolling. Great. Either way, all you need to know is that instead of moving left to right in this one, you're like kind of climbing up a hill uh, via platforms that include such things as um, floating uh, like rock <laughs> yeah. things that like no one questions, right? It's like <laughs> at this point, it's just the other side. That's how I see it. Right. I mean, it's, it looks like the kind of stuff that <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog has to deal yeah. with, not necessarily the scorpion and Mad Dog. But <laughs> it's just scorpion. <laughs> oh, it's not the scorpion. <laughs> oh, it's the, yeah. the, the amazing Spider-Man villain. <laughs> yeah. There's also these because you're, you're you're climbing up a waterfall, and there are these like people with like scuba gear in the waterfall you get like a snorkel they pop out of the waterfall they're they just up. little pools like <laughs> a- along the waterfall I never thought no, those it's were the waterfall I never thought those were people though because you can't shoot at them you the, can't yeah, they're underwater that, that kind of you can't shoot at somebody me. underwater I was like, is this a power up is this a what is this right yeah. I, 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 I agree I wasn't sure they pop up and shoot at you though what? they do yes yeah. 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 once you go well, in front of them yeah, I thought it was only over them yeah yeah that's what I mean it's like when you if you're behind them you just don't know what you know that's how you see them first because you're scrolling up the stage when you first see them you're not sure what that is you shoot at it it doesn't do anything you jump at it it doesn't do anything so finally once you pass it then it's like oh, i'm gonna kill you <laughs> <laughs> well they are phenomenal swimmers i'll just say that i'm looking right. at a, a video right now and it looks like after you're on top of them you can fire down on them and shoot them no way Okay, yeah. that makes sense though because they're out of the water. Yeah. Also, shoot at you. Do we know what uh, what mechanism is happening on the bridge with the fire that goes back and forth? Oh, like, yeah. is that just like a uh, uh, fire bridge? <laughs> just a fire bridge. Yeah. And what makes that different from the fire that happened on the other two bridges in stage one that completely <laughs> no. collapsed no, those bridges? That, that's just, that's, that's the dynamite that's blowing them up. Yeah. There was dynamite. 
Well, I mean, like it's little, it's tiny dynamite. They had it rigged to blow in case you guys came. Man, you guys are so immersed in this game, you're seeing things that aren't even in I, it. No, but I, I didn't. All right, I wouldn't say specifically dynamite, but I definitely thought that was like a detonated okay, fine. explosion. It was C4. Yeah. Okay, and is it possible, uh, or is this like just like you know recess rumors? Is it possible to like not fall into the water on that? Yeah, you have stage to one? jump. You jump and and, and yeah, hop it. Yeah, okay. you just you have to you have to just, just time the good. jump to hit the yeah, the one that you I know always is fell going in the water. So. Yeah, <laughs> but you have to jump to the second like or the There's third. There's no penalty one. for falling in the water. In fact, yeah. it's probably more interesting. Yeah, I actually after I after I like learned you can jump over it. Like next time I played it, I just was like, I'm just gonna go in the water. I kind of want to talk about that for a second actually <laughs> because that, that made me realize that uh, one of my very first impressions <laughs> of this game when I was playing Call it back. yeah was that once the bridge exploded and I missed it. I expected to die. I expected <laughs> right. like that. Like <laughs> yeah. I would either respawn or get like a you know uh, back to the high score screen and then uh, start the level over. Uh, I was shocked that I like landed in the water and could now swim. And I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be a good game." It's yeah. kind of like <laughs> a lear- it's like a learning um, uh, section. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like hey, really nothing way, in your way. You could be in the water. Yeah. It does bite itself in the butt though when there is a level later in the game where you can fall in water and then you die. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's teaching you the wrong thing sometimes. I know Sean's been dying to talk about the power-ups in the game, uh, and, and I like them too because this, again, kind of enforces the idea of like a light shmup that we have on our hands here. Uh, so, Sean, you want to take us through like a little bit of a power-up walkthrough? I'd love to. Um, I, I don't know where you got the idea that I really wanted to talk about them, but uh, I, I will. Um, there, there are several upgrades. There's, um, there's the... Machine gun, which now instead of like this single semi-automatic burst shot that you got, you can just hold it down and um, you can go about your business. Uh, then there's laser, which I find to be terrible um, because when you fire it twice in succession, I think it deletes the first shot. Which doesn't make any sense. I don't understand you it. cancel out your original yeah. laser. I don't know if that's just because like you can't have so many sprites on the same scan line. I don't know. Um then you got uh, the fire, I guess. Yeah, fire, yeah. fireball, fireball, and that just does the loop de loop thing that we've been seeing uh, in a few games lately. Yeah, um, I like it. I don't like it as much as spread. Spread yes. the best. Spread the best. Yeah. Uh, you can totally cheese bosses with spread. Um, it's not. It's not going to like make this an auto win, but this is the best power up. Um, and then there's a there's like an invincibility one. Uh, I think it, it, it's a it, B. I it think it has the B. Uh, it, in the manual, it refers to it as force field. Yeah, uh, but the that B one was very beast rare. Mode. It was worth, it was rare for that to show up for me. I don't know about you guys. I, I got it maybe twice. I think that's uh, I think there that one at least shows up in predetermined points. But that's just my. Assumption. Okay, no, no, that would make sense because I could see that being kind of like op if it shows up right before a boss or something yeah. like that. Um, and I then there's an R, but I don't know what R does. R is the rapid fire one, which just shoots it. It's different than the machine gun in the sense that uh, I believe, and don't quote me on this because it might have just been me uh, feeling it like a like a pseudo thing. Uh, if you have the spread gun. And then get the R. Oh, no, it's it, a rapid spread. It will, yeah, it will shoot the spread gun faster. I did not know that it was like a, oh, an it, attachment. It, I didn't realize that it, either. It yeah. felt like to me it stacked because when you get the rapid fire Falcon, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't change, it doesn't change to a different thing. If you had the spread gun and you pick up the R, 
you don't lose the spread gun. So I assumed it was just making the spread gun shoot more frequently. Yeah. And these things are just sort of either hidden around the level, not hidden, but stored around the level in these uh, opening and closing door things. Called pillbox spencers. No, those are, I think those are the floating things, right? No, oh, that's the flying are, oh, capsule. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Oh, and sometimes they will come uh, across the screen just to... To give you a, a quick boost. Yeah, a welcome sight, but kind of confused with an enemy. Yeah, right? I thought it was an yeah, enemy yeah. for a while. I shot it down a lot, and, um, you know, even though I saw the power-up come out of it, you know... I still thought it was an yeah, enemy. This game is very reactionary. Yeah. Uh, what you see on the screen... It's all just, lizard brain. Yeah, you want to kill it, you know? Like, yeah. no matter what it is on the screen, you want to take it down. So, uh, it pretty much if I saw something, even... I, I'm confident I shot it at trees a lot, you know? <laughs> like, I just... You know, there's that part in stage four, the snow level, uh, where the bombs the trees are being... Start showing, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're throwing grenades at you. Yeah, well, Sean thinks that the trees are throwing the grenades. Uh, I I think that, like, there's people behind the trees right, that we can't... Mike, you're yeah. talking about... Okay, so you're so immersed in this game that you think that things exist when you don't even see them. See, I thought that they were, like, <laughs> below our horizon line. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they were that far, because sometimes there's no trees, but they're still throwing... Like, there's, like, a little cliff or a little hill there. That's true. And they're below there throwing them at you. We can't look down there, though. And, and, you know, that's frustrating because you want to kill whatever's throwing those things and now you've been introduced to non-killable enemies something that's just going to try and ruin your life forever yeah uh but one thing we didn't talk about that was exclusive to the nes version is the mass destruction falcon which is a very rare power that shows up that destroys everything on screen I actually might have gotten that once. I mean, you, it just happens right away, right? Or, yeah. yeah. As soon as, as you, you pick it up, it, it just happens. Everything I think I got it once at a very like inopportune moment. There were like two things on screen. I remember <laughs> just seeing them disappear. Well, it's not in the arcade version, so I, I do wonder if you're going to include in the NAS version. Why not? Like, why not make it show up more often? Like, why make it such a rare thing yeah. that you won't even notice it? Eh, I don't know. I, I I think if it was more if it was more common, then it would just be a it would be unbalanced. I'm talking more more common than like twice in the whole game because here's the thing, like Joe said, it happens as you can't store it, so it happens as soon as you pick it up. So a lot of times that's just like maybe like two henchmen yeah, get destroyed. And those, to be on the yeah, and they might run right back into screen. Yeah. You there know? are enough enemies that I feel like this happening a few times more wouldn't be like, oh wow, this game's so easy now. It would just be yeah. yeah, I think that there really isn't a perfect uh, solution, so I think they should have just gotten rid of it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I think that's fair. It wasn't in the arcade one. It's kind of unnecessary here. Yeah. Uh, were there any power-ups that we would have liked to see? Um, I wanted to see that uh, that Mega Man electric burst. Okay. But that's just because I thought it would look cool. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, I was thinking also, uh, you know how like in Gradius you have your option, which is like a uh, ball that kind of like protects you? Before you die, I would have liked something oh, like yeah, that that was yeah. different than Force Field because Force Field is more like the star in Super yeah. Mario Brothers, where you're just invincible for a little bit. Uh, an option to have almost like a shield, you know, where like oh, you can take one hit and you won't die, yeah. and then you'll you know like that would have been nice. That would have been that nice. Kind of power. It would the the Force Field two would have been a little bit better if there was any indication of when it was going to end. Yeah, right, yeah, right. there's no, there's no, um, there's no music change. There's no right? music change. Yeah. You're not gonna hear the dun dun dun. dun. Like, yeah. it's just you're playing contra, but you're flashing. Right, right, and that that's not entirely helpful. No, how is it? No. Uh, and then one thing I wanted to mention about the power ups, and this is me just asking for way too much. I'm not saying it's a flaw in the game, 
But I was kind of expecting, because of how good the graphics are, that when you pick up different weapons, that your gun would change a little. Yeah. You know, like, if you have the mm. machine gun, you would at least, like, look like you're holding some kind of machine gun or, like, Gatling gun. Like, that would be cool. Um, <laughs> you know, but, like, that's just wishful thinking on my part. It's not an actual... I'm not detracting any points from Contra right. for not having that. would have just been a nice touch. Yeah. talked about difficulty in the game we've kind of said like oh you know that boss might have been a little cheap or like you know certain enemies spawn in weird places but how do we feel overall about the difficulty of contra this is something i was surprised about too because i always this is like almost has this legendary status of being the nintendo hard game at least in my head that's how that's what i thought the trope was and it maybe that's why i didn't think it was quite as bad uh it's a very learnable, playable game. I mean, it's challenging. Trust me. Like, it's definitely, it's definitely tough, but it's not, it's not impossible. We are men of uh, the Ghost and Goblins generation. <laughs> we we played that game. We've seen what what really hard games are like. I don't think this is on that scale of it. And I also think that we've played a lot of bad games that are only hard because of how bad they are in terms of, like, how you control your character. I think Contra meets it right in the middle, but it's still a very difficult yeah, game. Difficult yeah, game. yeah, don't misunderstand me. It's, it's definitely hard, but it's hard in the way that I feel a tension while I'm playing. That's tension, not attention. I feel tension while I'm playing because I know I can do it, because I know I can dodge all these little things... Rather than just frustration, I, I, feel I think with that other there. Games. However, I do think that there are a lot of points in this game that the the hardness is just frustration. Like I, I don't know what level it is, but uh, before the show, we were we were we were playing through it, and um, Mike and I were going through a sequence where there were these guys with um, uh, like the the turrets, um, and they would just pop up right in front of you with a gun with a bullet already shooting and you had to just have a split that literal split second to get down and while I think yeah this is going to test your reflexes I I think that that's just a little much yeah it's the the energy zone and the hangar zone and to be fair they're late stages but there's a lot of things being introduced there that are a little crazy that's also the same stages that we get the flamethrower yeah and uh, the flamethrower, it, it, it does have an, a puzzle element to it, but only in the sections where it's by itself. When you have to deal with the flamethrower and the normal minions and the guys with the machine yeah. guns, that's a lot to take that's care of on much. any particular stage. And and I, I think that that's where, and you know, pure gamers, close your ears, uh, I think that's where this game really finds its, uh, its strength in having more than three lives. Okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Three lives is, you know, and I know people can do it. Don't get me wrong. If you've played this game since it came out, you're probably pretty good at it. But for the most of us who have grown up with easier games, when we finally played this game with the Konami code and had the 30 lives, 
I actually felt like I was getting more out of the game with yeah. 30 lives. And, and yes, the the respawn on the same place where you died is a little cheap. I, I don't know if I, you know, you could have pushed us back a little, but I don't know how they would program that. That's a little cheap. But I think overall, having even, I want to say, unlimited lives, like, <laughs> makes the game more fun because it's still fun to play this game despite how difficult it is. I'm not saying yeah. that every game would be better if you had 99 lives, but yeah. this game would have benefited from something like that because I just really wanted to keep playing through it. I kind of hated when you ran out of all your lives and had to restart. Yeah, I agree, and, it, and it's interesting to me that I agree so much because I'm usually pretty like when you want the full experience of a game i i don't like i don't like that even if it means i'm not going to beat the game but in this case i think that it works better only because this has a flaw what i consider a flaw uh, it, that it's just a personal preference i just don't like when games give you three lives you continue three lives you continue three lives and then you have to start the whole game over again right you only that, get three yeah. and that I understand like I'm all for like a level of like punishment when you lose to make it more worth it go back to the beginning of the level whatever you want it to be but having to start the whole game over again I think for just what we're used to is is what makes for me it just worth it to put in the Konami code mm-hmm. and and play with those 30 lives which might be a little much but um, I think that this game needs to have some some limit to the amount of lives that you have because otherwise the game is just an exercise in attrition. And it's just you. how many times do you die until you reach the end, not can you reach the end. Because if it's just 99 lives or 100 or infinite lives until the end of the game, it's just like, well, I'm going to finish this game within the hour. It's just I'm just probably going to die a bunch of times. Yeah. I think no, the, I, right. I agree. I think there could have been if, if the, a happy medium. If the Konami code made it so you have unlimited continues, but still three lives, I think that would have been better. Where after your three lives, you go back to the beginning of the stage, not the beginning of the entire game. Well, I mean, when it comes to cheats, I think it like right, anything right. goes with that. Right. But but I'm just saying for making it a better experience. If we're not considering it of a cheat, if it's just like I, this is just another way to play the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what Joe's saying is game design wise, if after your third continue, if you still just got to go back to the beginning of the current level instead of starting all the way back at level one, that would have been yeah. a better. Well, then design. just get rid of continues and just have it be like you go back to the beginning of the stage. Why do you yeah. die every? Yeah, yeah every time yeah. you die, you go back to the beginning of the stage. I think that <laughs> should be invincible. Yeah, I should. I, honestly, where's Yoshi with wings in Contra? Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started. I'm, I'm, you know, replaying Final Fantasy VIII. They've got that option. You just can't die, and I hate that it's there. I absolutely I know. hate it. Yeah. Even though, like, I can just not touch it, and I don't. But like, I hate that it's there. What, what's crazy about the continuous thing? I just want to bring this up because I, I read this right before we went on uh, the podcast. If you're playing the arcade version, you can't even pay your way through that three continues and you're out thing. Wow. Even on the third continue, it will take you back to the very first stage if you choose to give it even one if you, Yeah, if you, have, if you ask the, the, the machine, like, you please let me do this for $5. Right, you know, they usually give you, like, a timer. Like, you yeah, have 30 right. seconds to yeah. put in 25 more cents to play Contra. It's like, even on your third set of continues in the arcade version, they were like, you're starting back at the beginning. I don't care if you give me 50 cents. <laughs> so I thought that I thought that was funny and just really shows, like, how hard this game can be yeah. for, for certain people. And I'm not, you know... I'm not going to say that uh, I didn't beat the, you know, I beat the game with cheats. Like, I, I didn't beat the, yeah. I beat the game with the Konami code. I did too, yeah. I, but I didn't do but this, this isn't a game uh, that rewards, like, other kinds of skills. Like, Sean and I were talking about rewinding. This game doesn't really reward people who, like, use an emulator and rewind 
Yeah, you're not um, learning any strategy by doing that. Yeah, but I imagine it would also make it harder because sometimes it's sometimes well, sometimes it's actually like easier sometimes to just die and keep going. Like it just all right. Well, now I know exactly where I die. I can just shoot that guy right away because you respawn pretty quickly right away. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate thing about this game that I know it it is some people's fancy, um, but I don't really get the same thing. I don't get the same amount of pleasure out of a game that it's really just rewarding memorization because I think that you can get really good at this game if you just memorize the levels. And I get it. Like, you, you should probably know when, like, some set piece is coming up or when uh, certain situations may happen, but uh, I prefer to... I prefer to play games that are more just systems mastery than just memorization of a level. Yeah, the whole point is to feel like you're reacting to things and yeah. not just not just putting in it, planning yeah. out what inputs you're going to put in beforehand. I still enjoy playing inputs. this game, yeah. but like the the concept well, yeah. kind of bothers exactly. me. Exactly, I enjoyed playing this game because yeah. I didn't memorize it, yeah. so I still <laughs> felt like it was reactionary. And I think it, it does take a special kind of dedication to get to the point where you've got enough of it memorized. But yeah, but yeah. people do that. Yeah, if we're talking about like hard but realistic games on the NES that we've played so far, I would put this actually maybe right with Mega Man. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's slightly harder than Mega Man, actually. But I think, like, it's right about there, which is a totally fair game in the mm-hmm. NES days, in my opinion. I don't think this game is being cheap or unfair in any way. I did make a note of the only cheap spawn in the game, which happens in uh, the vertical stage in Stage 3, where... You won't know it unless you uh, land on a specific platform, but all of a sudden a turret will just spawn as soon as you <laughs> stand on there. And it's like, it's kind of funny, so I, I dismissed it. But I was like, you know, I was like, oh, did they really? Because, you know, they're placing the enemies. We always talk about enemy yeah. placement. They're placing the enemies where they want them, and they've somehow solved the Mega Man issue that we had where it was like, oh, but if you go backwards a little bit, it'll unspawn and respawn yeah. uh, the, the enemy and you have to redo all the damage you did to it. In this one, they don't let you uh, like go backwards, or, or at, backwards all. Yeah. at all or even like have the chance to re-encounter enemies. There are the like one-hit kill henchmen guys that like constantly will yeah, run into the screen. Yeah, they come out of a spawn box or something. But I kind of yeah. feel like that's yeah. you know unnecessary evil too because otherwise you might be inclined to just sit still. Yeah, for this for a game this fast paced, it's got to keep you occupied in some way. Right. Yeah. And, and we did notice that um, in in our co op playthroughs and I think in our single playthroughs of if you're standing on like the left side of the screen for a while, there will just be a uh, a henchman just yeah, kind of like, running. Well, let's keep going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> run in and kind of provoke you a little bit to move. Right. Or you'll if you're if you're really hugging that side of the screen, you'll just instantly die and not be not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, what, what else did I say? Well, uh, what did yeah. we think of multiplayer? Oh yeah, let's talk about co-op. I th- first off, this is the first, like, in my opinion, true co-op game yeah, absolutely. on yeah. the NES. I think it was sold at the time with that in mind, uh, that co-op would be the focus. They, they, they put the two main players on the front cover for a reason. They want you to well, have Well, we're forgetting that uh, the, the flying game, where you fly to the left. That's a oh that's, Sky Kid yeah that's, yeah that's got like two characters for it <laughs> it does the birds uh, yeah the bird yeah, planes that you wouldn't know you would just think you're controlling air <laughs> propeller planes but whatever um, yeah no uh, I guess I mean true co-op in the sense of like fun uh, games yeah and you're <laughs> experiencing you're but you're experiencing it together yeah and, and you're going through an actual journey Sky Kid yeah. is more like 
you're just kind of like shooting through waves of enemies yeah. and it's like on to the next stage. This is mm-hmm. a game where you can say like, you, I get that guy, I got, I got that guy over yeah. here. Like you can you can plan things and you can like communicate like you're actually on a battlefield. Like, I don't yeah. know, I've never been on one, but <laughs> it's so truly like that is the experience. What a, we got a patriot over here. Uh, <laughs> and then also, uh, Joe, I'm glad you made that analogy though too because this is there. There are only a few games so far that we've played together that like have caused that kind of like talk. But you're right. The ge- to Sean's point, the game is fast-paced. And to your point, that brings about conversations where you're talking really fast. I think it's just a really exciting experience yeah. when you yeah. add in a second person. Yeah. It is exciting, um, but we th- we can see in the way that this game was, uh, th- that the multiplayer was actually implemented, that it's it's not perfect yet. <laughs> it fe- it no. feels like the multiplayer, w- it's weird to say that the game was sold on a co-op basis because the way that it's designed in co-op, it definitely feels like an afterthought of like, well, you know, there is a second controller on this system and we could emulate a second player uh, because the weird thing about co-op in this one is that I'm used to a game where whoever's like moving forward controls the screen and pushes it along, uh, and the other person who's like lagging behind just gets like the drag. scroll just kind of like continues to drag them well, along. Well, that's like a Sonic and Tails sort of thing, where Tails was just like at, at the whim of Sonic, but right. where I mean, I think that most games uh, w- with this sort of multiplayer aspect will wait for you, but uh, we'll wait for both players to sort of like go ahead. Um, but I think that the, the constraints that the screen has on you in this game specifically are a lot more fickle. Um, you have to like go past a certain point on the screen to get it to budge just a little bit. And that can affect your uh, ability to, to, to finish jumps. Yeah. It feels like you can maybe trap yourself a little bit, which, which I think was a problem. The, the only reason it didn't, other than the trapping yourself, it didn't bother me quite as much is after playing it single player and then playing it with you guys, I felt there were a few things that were tough for me single player that were like kind of really easy for us single, uh, with yeah. two players, like like those tanks. Yeah. We took those out no problem. Well, Some they, of the bosses. They didn't double up the health, which I think right. is, a, is, I think a, is an good. appropriate yeah. move. Right. But right. I did I, think it was it added another level of challenge even the, even if it wasn't intended and it might be a little a little funky, it was kind of interesting a few times where like one of us would be what had died and, and the other one has to wait for them to come back to like, all right, get over this jump. Like I'm covering yeah. or someone's covering the other person while they try and make the jump so you can both move forward rather there, than just moving forward and dragging. There's a coordination like, element to the co-op right, where exactly. you both have to be on the same page of, of when you're even going to progress because like we said, the camera kind of locks in in like this middle portion of the stage so if you're both not like ready to move on the camera doesn't like allow the player who's in the lead to keep pushing the other player along yeah on the topic of coordination though and where i think that you guys are giving a little too much credit to the multiplayer is that i am all for using coordination for a two-player game uh that's how these things should be played but i think that coordinating to defeat an enemy uh, with strategy is different than coordinating to like fight against the game itself from like keeping you in these weird like awkward positions. I think that's very different. Like you're trying to fight the game, not the enemies yeah. in the game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I would even say that uh, it, it goes against the the game's feel because yeah. it's slowing down the game considerably when all of a sudden you have to like help player two like 
get across the screen. Yeah. Like, come on, we gotta keep moving. And then the enemies spawn like the first pixel that's possible for them. Yeah. And then you have yeah, to like right. be prepared to like duck because you're not sure if they're gonna shoot or not right away. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely you know, will say that the that positive aspect I was talking about is definitely me seeing a positive in what's clearly like a like a flaw in yeah. the design. True. And it's just it's you know definitely wasn't intended that way. I just thought that it, on the on the in the cases that it wasn't like broken, it was kind of it was kind of fun to like yeah. to have to try and help your teammate get to the other side so you can progress. I'd argue that the co-op is neat enough that it's in there, and I'm glad that it's included, but that the single player actually feels like a better experience. Yes, I I cause I think objectively I agree with that, but like personally. I just always like a co-op game, especially an NES game. It's just it's just so interesting to me to be able to like work well, with someone else on that. You know, not, yeah, objectively, I think it's a better, a more polished game single player. Sure, it kind of reminds me almost of like New Super Mario Brothers Wii when that came out. It's uh, like chaos. Yeah, because they, they finally allowed like four players: one person yeah. be Mario, one Luigi, two Toads, <laughs> and it was like. Player one, who's like probably the you know the the gamer of the family, the can be gamer. yeah you know as good as as good as he wants. But no no now he's like you know his three like his mom might be playing with it. This is like Christmas Day. They just got the game. You know it's like what's the, give what's us the name? backstory to this. Yeah. <laughs> is his name Mike? You got three. You've got three other people who might not be as good as the first player, and you don't get rewarded for being the good player. Everybody else just kind of has to, like, get with the program and keep moving, you know? And it's like, that's what it reminds me of. And it wasn't good there in, in New Super Mario Brothers Wii, and it's not good here for those same reasons. But I get what you're saying. That almost, like, that added chaos on a, on a social level. Is kind right, of fun, right. like like the way that you talk to each other because mm-hmm. of those things. You were even being funny, Sean, with the co-op. You were like, <laughs> even you, yeah, <laughs> even Sean was I'm never funny. funny. No, but even just like watching, like like when we were when me and Joe were playing, your commentary of all us playing. Bit, yeah. It's like you know, it it makes a what should just be a straight single player game into a more like no talking. Bring the friends <laughs> yeah. over, right? Exactly. Right. Bring the friends over. Everybody takes a turn. Everybody gets in on it, and everybody can can yeah. talk about what's happening. But that, that, yeah, multiplayer is always fun for the most part. Right, but we haven't seen many like awesome multiplayer games on the NES yet, I feel. That's true. Yeah. You you guys all missed us when we were playing baseball together. Should there have been an inventory in Contra? No. Good. Uh, Joe? I, I mean, I, I guess I don't think it was necessarily a negative thing, but I think it was fine without. I don't think it needed... I think it would make it a totally different game. So, like, I, I'm open to hear an argument to it, but... More like, think of it as you can store a second power-up as, like, a... I'm going to switch between my um, my spread and my machine gun, so I can hit select. And Maybe if you're, if you're storing one other power-up and you still lose them both if you die... Then I think it keeps the, the the experience intact. But if you had like a if you had like an inventory of power ups, then I think it's you'd get them all too soon, and you'd have it would make it a different like type of game. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that this is uh, th- that it would be a detriment for this to have an inventory system, and even the the, the stock one thing. Um, I think that this is a game that you're just supposed to get into flow. You're not supposed to be thinking about uh, where you may have a like. 
oh, I, I can switch to this now. Like, no, you just you just have what you have and go through it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I bring it up because there is a ROM hack uh, available on romhacking.net where you can, they actually like put a box around and everything. You can select, but you can hit the select button to change between the two ammunitions. I feel like... Are there potions? There's no potions or anything like that. Oh. There's no inventory, no inventory <laughs> screen like that. It's just like you can switch between whichever your most recent and your Spread second and most fireball. recent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can switch between those. Whenever you acquire a, a new power-up, the one that was second in place is now gone. You yeah. know, when you pick up this new one. I just, I agree with you. I think, like, the power-ups... Don't change the game on a fundamental level that you would need to like be like, I need to hold on to this specific one or I yeah. can't, you know, it's like, I, I agree that this is more like a, if you don't want that power, you just don't pick it up. <laughs> exactly. We talked about the Famicom version having uh, like the additional forestry where the trees would actually sway and like the grass would move. But uh, <laughs> there's more, there's more to the Famicom version than that. Uh, the Famicom version actually contains cutscenes. Uh, See, I think it could have helped. It could have had cutscenes. I think the cutscenes would have been awesome. And if you check them out, uh, I'll put it in the show notes a link to the long play of the Famicom version. The cutscenes are awesome, but there's also like a map, which is kind of cool. Of like that overworld, like you're in uh, section A right now. Like a Castlevania gotta, map. Yeah, Castlevania style map. Uh, there's also, what else? There's an additional music track. Music in this game was fire. We didn't really talk about that. I thought the music was it great. Was great. Yeah. Konami, man, they're killing it on the NES yeah. for us. It makes me so sad. I know, right? What they are today. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, uh, so all that stuff was added because the Famicom version at that point, uh, they were able to like add additional chips and stuff like that. They weren't going to do that for the NES version, so we get the lackluster uh, version. But I, I guess, like, you know, growing up, no one knew. And yeah. I didn't... I played only the NES version. I didn't play through, like, a translated Famicom cart. So I thought, like, this was yeah. fine. It's definitely, like, the Famicom version, from what I've seen of it, is the superior game, but that doesn't diminish how good the NES game is. And there's also a uh, a hidden message in the Famicom Contra version, which is really cool. Uh, to do it, you have to beat the game... Hold down start and select, and then it, uh, from from the moment you beat the game, and then after the credits completely roll through, I'm talking like every single name, the Konami logo flashes on the screen, all of a sudden there's a seizure-inducing like blue <laughs> yeah, and yeah. red series of flashes, and then it types... Kill your parents. <laughs> okay, whoa. Uh, <laughs> one letter at a time. Yeah, remarkably slowly. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's like... D- yeah. D. Yeah. Well, as I was saying, it's almost like the alien is like, like doesn't know how to type on a keyboard. It's like using like one finger, like when you first learn how to like use well, a we keyboard. Use the keyboard. That's true. Go ahead. We didn't really see um, aliens, aliens have fingers, right? Like, <laughs> That's true. Like, yeah. We didn't any of the aliens well, the, in the game. I mean, I think the uh, if, if we're going to go back to the enemies real quick, uh, there was a face hugger alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then there was the. Um, the, the the little xenomorph alien that sort of spun around in the air. Yeah, they uh, float. <laughs> yeah, and then there was the giant xenomorph that you had to shoot. Yeah, I think uh, it's the giant xenomorph. Like, yeah, he's the his one. Head, like his yeah. neck and his head to type this. And then there was out. the heart. All right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, the heart is because you're inside the alien. It's true. I'm going to keep everybody on suspense for what the hidden <laughs> message contains for a minute because we should talk about that. Yeah. The, the xenomorph head is like... I feel like that's almost like iconic imagery in the mm-hmm. NES, you know, to see something like that. That's beautiful sprite yeah, yeah, work. Yeah. And to see that, 
And to have that not be the yeah, final boss, was like, it was like a psych out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking when I was playing, I was like, why is this final boss like easier than all the other bosses? Turns out that's not the final boss. But even the final boss, when you see it, it, it first off, it reminded me very much of Mother Brain. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it, it, I it said doesn't that, move. Because I, I, I was like, wait, is this what Mother Brain? I forgot which one's Mother Brain. It wasn't. Right. But I, I said that when I was playing it. But Yeah, it's just like the, uh, I guess, like the main organ of whatever the alien lair is made out of. Mm-hmm. And then it, the actual like difficulty of the boss fight comes from this creature, this enemy that you've just been introduced to. Yeah. It's not alluded to anywhere else. Basically, the, the facehugger thing. Yeah, they 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 move very slowly, and you take care of them. And then, if you don't take care of them, they spawn into. Oh, those, yeah, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, at first they're like these white puffballs. Yeah, that, that's a that's a different uh, enemy than what I was referring to. What oh, I was okay. referring to were the enemies that would spawn from either the floor or the ceiling above, uh, uh, surrounding the heart. Um, that would ever oh, the crawl tentacle creatures, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I likened to the uh, facehugger from Alien. Got it. Whereas, yeah, those enemies I hate and I never want to see again in any game because they were just like, uh, they would just home in on you. And it was very hard. I don't yeah. like it. The, uh, I, I'd say overall, like, the bosses of the game uh, were were tough. Uh, some, some were even tougher than others. I felt like um, the stage four... Four boss with the uh, the heads, the heads in the brains, yeah, uh, that shoot the bubbles and yeah, that, they like target like the homing bubbles. The yeah. yeah, I thought that was a very challenging boss that kind of like all of a sudden told me like this game isn't fun anymore. Right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, like like yeah. you have to figure out what to do. Yeah. Uh, there, you know, so there's moments like that, but I think all of the bosses definitely deserve points from us for how creative and different they are from each other. Yeah. yeah. Really, the whole game, to be honest, even even each level, it feels like its own. There's there's a great sense thing. of variety, yeah. and uh, I think I said early, early on in this episode, I said seven. There's eight stages total, and I think each of the eight stages is just long enough that it doesn't overstay its welcome at any particular point. I think I think it's really uh, well polished yeah. in that regard. Yeah, and and not to derail us, but we didn't really mention how like each stage has its own like thing you're doing. Like you know, the, the first stage. It's just you're, you're, you're getting ready, you're getting warmed up. Each side-scrolling stage. The first stage, you're getting warmed up, you know how to play the game. Second stage, you're jumping and going up the waterfall. Third stage is the snow stage, correct? Yeah. And that's when there's the bombs coming from the environment that you mm-hmm. can attack. Uh, and probably also for the other stages. <laughs> Those are yeah. the three that I remember. No, yeah, they, later stages also just feel unique in the way they're designed. They have, and like, they have new hazards. Exactly, like, uh, yeah. Like the carts and the walls of spikes right. and the fire. Yeah. And they're also, you know, from a motif standpoint, too, they're, um, it, everything is more caved in. You know, it's yeah. claustrophobic mm-hmm. and feeling you can't, you don't have the freedom to just kind of jump around point, wherever yeah. you want. Uh, and then the alien lair is just awesome. Because yeah, it's it like, cool. it, it feels like you're inside of a giant alien. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I really like all that. And then when you, if you do beat the game, uh, the Amazon just blows up. Yeah, the, uh, the island of the Amazon. Right, it just sounds t- terrible. Uh, it's like okay, but I think yeah, Brazil's like a tiny little. I think Brazil is doing that anyway right now. Yeah, so it's so. like whatever. They're not taking donations <laughs> to fix it. So the hidden message, because everybody's dying to know what it is. It's good that we brought this back full circle because <laughs> if you beat the game, you will know that you have defeated the aliens, uh, the xenomorphs, the facehuggers, whatever you have. And then this thing will slowly type onto the screen in red text, Foolish Earthlings, did you really think you destroyed us? 
We will take over all of Earth's spaces, and by the time you realize it, it will be too late. Red Falcon will live forever. Dot, 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 dot. Man, five dots. <laughs> wow. And Joe, you had a theory about why they were taking so long to type. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to, while it was typing, I thought it was going to end with, uh, and while you were distracted reading this message, we've been taking over Earth. <laughs> <laughs> it took that long. And that's how they were going so slow. Now, that's pretty cool, though, right? A hidden message? Like, there's no way anybody thought, like, oh, I'll just hold down start and select for the entirety <laughs> of the credits. Yeah. yeah. So that, I thought that was really cool. And it's actually, uh, it te- it's teasing uh, the next Contra game. So we'll get into that in a second. The, uh, the only other thing I want to talk about with the Famicom version is that I found a uh, commercial for Contra uh, in Japan. And uh, I'll just link it to the show notes. We're not going to play the audio or anything. But it's specifically weird because it calls out like three three ways of scrolling or something like that, right? What is that? Like, yeah, they call it three-way scrolling, right? Three-way like scrolling. Like, right. They, they call it something as if it's a, like, like tri-directional like, scrolling They're talking about, something. like, the features of the game, you know, like, directional <laughs> yeah. attacks and three-way scrolling, and I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. And it, it means... We were, like, breaking it down a little bit. Right. Yeah. You scroll to the right. Yeah, but not to the left. Right, not to the left. You, you can go up. You scroll, scroll up, up in, not, not down. In. And in, but, but not out. This is the first thing that three ways are not, like opposites of each other <laughs> right the first uh the first nes game to feature uh three ways scrolling <laughs> yes. uh make note of it and then it just Some has like ov- over this you know it's english dialogue on this japanese commercial before it starts getting into like the uh the end thing about payment and msrp and stuff like that <laughs> uh otherwise it's very creepy music and uh like weird alien imagery uh, so Ooh. you're not really you don't see any gameplay. It doesn't show you like what Contra yeah. looks like yeah. on the NES. It just shows you these these alien creatures and describes like you know you have eight directions of control. Like <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, yeah. It said like it uses an action chip or something <laughs> yeah. too or whatever. Anyway, I think it's time we talk about sequels and spinoffs. Uh, Sean, would you like to walk us through this? Uh, wait. So, is there like, is there going to be another one on the NES? Yeah. Well, what do you what do you know about the Contra franchise in general? Like anything? Well, I know that the more recent ones are like you know they got all the cool sprite work and um, they're fun and hard and and fast and and I yeah. like and turtles. sometimes rare. Uh, they're worth a lot of money, some yeah. of these country games. But uh, I'll help you out, okay? Thanks, Mike. Uh, Super C is the game of the next Contra game. Obviously, you guys would know that Super C, C stands for Contra, right? It just seems like, are they trying yeah. to hide some yeah. Yeah. Super <laughs> Just call it Super Contra. <laughs> no, it comes to the NES. So we will play it. In 1990. So look we'll, out for that. Right. For, uh, episode 400 or 500, yeah. who knows. Look out for that. This time, the alien forces have taken over an allied military base, possessing most of its troops. Sounds like the hidden message. They said they were yeah. going to come after the bases, the and bases. now they've actually taken over. Did they over. say base? Yeah, they did. bases. They oh, okay. said... Yeah, none uh, of your bases are safe or something. Right. Oh. They'll take over all of Earth's bases. So, yeah. there you go. It's a little tease to Super C. Nice. And then in 1992, 
Contra Force comes to the NES as well. So a third Contra game. We're going to be playing these games for, in 1992? Yeah. Uh, the NES ends in 1994. Oh, dear. Uh, so there you go. Um the villains, uh, oh, sorry, so in Contra Force, the description of the game is that the villains in this game are human terrorists, and there's no mention of aliens. Uh, at all. Interesting. I don't like I that think those are, I think those are the aliens. And that's I, Contra Force. Uh, <laughs> it's like, that's, a, like, I guess Red Falcon is still, like, a terrorist organization. Yeah. So they keep but it just seems like, it seems like the stakes are less high now. It's like, well, these are just, we've fought people before. Like, people fight people all the time. People fighting aliens, that's like a big thing. <laughs> Next we'll be fighting like bugs. Just be like, man versus bugs. man. Man versus nature. Man versus self. Man versus aliens. Right. There you go. And it would be another 30, 35 minutes if I went through all the other sequels and spinoffs. So I'm not going to do that. So here that. we go. But yeah, so they're, you know, they come to Super Nintendo. They eventually go to the Genesis. There's a PlayStation 1 game. There's like a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, but then there's Contra Rogue Corps, which uh, came out on September 24th, 2019. Wow. What? Uh, yeah, for Nintendo Switch and PS4 and everything. It's it's out there. How have I not seen this yet? Um, and it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> People do not like it. Uh, it looks nothing like Contra, the NES game, uh, in the sense of, like, even in style or play. Uh, it's not a 2D side-scroller. It's like... It does, it does focus a lot on the co-op part of it, but imagine like four minifigures with like a very zoomed out screen just running around shooting bullets in any direction. So it's like a twin stick shooter now? Yes, you can think of it like a twin stick shooter, uh, in that regard. I think that's the best way, uh, to compare it, but not like top down. It's like, um, it's like from a 90 degree view. <laughs> a 90 degree view. Yeah, like, uh, 45 degree angle. There oh, you go. okay. Sorry. So like an isometric thing. Yeah, yeah. Like an isometric. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Very strange looking. I don't, I don't know. It didn't get great reviews, but the story set several years after Contra 3, the Alien Wars on Super Nintendo. And the last thing I do want to mention, since we're in the fun area of the sequels and spinoffs, is that the Contra Gamebook is a choose-your-own-adventure-style gamebook released by Konami to go along with the release of their mascot game, Contra. Huh. So is it like a shoot up, shoot right? <laughs> I, I, I tried to <laughs> find... Duck. I so desperately... I want you guys to know I tried to find a copy ah. so that we could play the oh, Choose yeah. Your Own Adventure in the post-show, but <laughs> I cannot find it. Damn. So we won't be doing that. Uh, if you have a copy and you just want to, like, transcribe it, it oh. <laughs> the whole internet would probably like that. So whoever has a copy should definitely go yes. ahead and do that. Uh, however, it is now time for the Essential Games List. Sam? Oh, sorry. Sorry, guys. I was You're asleep. Right? Yeah. yeah, I've been asleep. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so just give us your vote, uh, you know, and you can give us a little doing, story since you've, uh, we're doing since you've been... We're doing yeah, Essential Games List, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so what do you got? Contra. Co- oh, right, right, right. Um, it's a good game. Uh, it's, you know, I'm sure we're going to see more games that are like this, but this is, like, the game, you know? This is the... The, the only video game. The run and gun. Uh, it <laughs> Desert does, Island video game. Desert <laughs> Island video game. It's like it's the kind of game that's hard, but you can get better at it pretty quickly, I think. Uh, got some solid mechanics. Got some really cool levels, fun bosses. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put it on the essential list. All right. Uh, and so Sam has put it on. That is now uh, one in favor. I want to remind everybody that you, according to the new rules of the 1988 season, 
you need uh, the majority. So three people must vote it into the essential games list. Sean? Yeah, this game has so much more uh, than what I expected out of the beginning of 88. I thought we were going to slog through a bunch more sort of half-baked shmups. I thought we were going to see a lot more of the the third parties sort of dump shovelware on us. Um, I'm seeing growth in the utility of the system in terms of graphical fidelity, in terms of a variety of gameplay uh, situations. Uh, I mean, the the one knock I have on the game, aside from some really frustrating points, is that it's a little short and it really relies on that uh, difficulty to extend the gameplay uh, experience. But aside from that, and I know that I have I've harped on other games for that a much much worse. I will also put this game on the essential games list. Okay, that's two. It's just going to take one more to get this thing on the essential games list, uh, keeping in mind that the essential games list, I think, now is down to 11 games. It was at 13. So, Joe, what's the stance? Uh, at this point, it's also sort of like transcended the, the group of games that I consider good NES games. And this one, I just had a blast because it's just a good game to me. I, this is an, another one of those games that I would just play to play at any time. And I think it's because it is actually just good game design. It's aged really well. I mean, yes, there have been some flaws. But overall, it, it, it was a great experience. I will also put it on the essential games list. So that makes it an essential game. Uh, I hope all of you are proud of yourselves for getting it there. I'm very proud. Okay, good. Yeah. Sam, still proud? Okay, good. That was Sam, for those of you wondering, not Kermit the Frog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just so that we can keep it on the record, I will also vote. Uh, I won't give a whole spiel. I will just say that uh, this game really surprised me. And for it to be a, like, first of its genre, even though, like Sean said, genres are kind of loose, yeah. uh, for this to be the first of its kind, to succeed so well, and I get that, like, there are a lot of these things on the arcade, and, like, it was on the arcade before this, but for the NES port to be as competent as it was, I think that this is one of the highlights of the system so far. And so, yeah, I'm going to put it on the Essential Games list, too. And so that's going to make it essentially essential. Yeah, go Bulls, uh, That's man. what we call when all four people vote. It becomes an essential, essential game. Right. Uh, that's a joke. Completely Don't look for a separate list. Uh, but you won't I unless you find if, it. If you press start and select while looking at the website, yeah, if you, essential, if, essential list. If you yeah. enter the, has anyone Which, tried entering uh, the Konami code on NostalgiaCast.com? Uh, don't because nothing happens. <laughs> or will it? Yeah, or definitely. Will it? No, you know, definitely who knows nothing by happens. the time this podcast comes yeah, 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 nothing definitely. happens uh, on a particular page. Uh, but if yeah. you did go through every single page of nostalgiacast.com, you would know that we have tons of content there. Uh, there's a section where if you like a particular game, you can actually uh, click on that game, read our thoughts about it, and then get a bunch of other recommendations for games just like it. Uh, and that'll take you to other episodes too. So say you don't want to go through the entire back catalog. Say you're new to nostalgia and you're like, hey, Mike, you know, you're on episode 93. That's uh, 92. Uh, that's kind of crazy that uh, you expect me to listen to 91 older episodes. And I'd say you're wrong because there's also some specials. <laughs> but 
that defeats the point. I'd say listen to the ones you want to listen to. But if you're looking for suggestions, if you go to the website, if you click on a game you like on the episodes list, it will recommend other ones based on that. And that's a really cool feature. There's so many clickable elements. You can click on that uh, on like these other things on the side there's, that can bring you to different I want to say the there's website. scrolling. You can, you can scroll. scroll. Oh, yeah, there's only two-way scroll. Oh, is it three-way? There's two-way scrolling. Two-way scroll. If you two make the scrolling. window smaller, you can scroll to the left and right. Four-way scrolling. I don't think so. You're right. If you make them smaller, yeah, it could be fully scrolling. Yeah. Our website is better than Contra. If yeah. you open it on your phone, then you can go, you know, you can scroll We are around. supported yeah. for iPhone and uh, iPad uh, resolutions and stuff. And <laughs> right. I can't legally say Android products on this show. So, so um, we that's did. why. Yeah. Uh, for anybody wondering, that's well, just so a when joke. You, when you hear that, <laughs> that's, that's all bleeped out. That's, yeah, you'll know yeah. what he said. Yeah, yeah, it's all bleeped out. I'm just not really a fan of Google. At the moment, but I also love Google in case they're listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Google, please sponsor us. Yeah. Uh, another thing, always write to us. Um, <laughs> always. Always. Never write to stop us. writing to us. If you go to nostalgicast.com, you can use that in the, uh, there's a form uh, for the contact, and that's the best way to get a hold of us. Uh, also, Twitter at nostalgicast is a great way to, uh, to let us know your thoughts too. A lot of people have been using that recently, and I think that that is a, Fun, fantastic way to let me know your thoughts in under 240 characters. Yeah, we also have a TikTok now, so if you ever want to just see us do some TikTok stuff. Yeah, we're not going to give the link to that, but if you can find it, definitely <laughs> yeah. uh, add us. And also, yeah. if you ever want to like converse with us, you can make your own podcast for us to listen to. With just your, just yeah, respond to us. Just responding, like literally word, like for every sentence we say, you can have a response. Yeah. yeah. And we can, can sync pa- it up. You can pause ours and then just form arguments. But don't play right. ours because then that's you know, copyright that, yeah, that's if you copyright. like Nintendo and want to yeah. have a bigger role in what they do, buy stock in Nintendo. Yeah, N T D O Y is yeah. their stock ticker. All you need to do is just own one share, and you can show up to stockholder meetings. Yeah, so that's a pretty cool tip. If you didn't know, if you wanted like a. Uh, that's for applies to all companies. You might might yeah, not perfect. have to. You might not get on to the actual uh, earnings call, but you can at least listen to it. Yeah, which is fantastic. Uh, listening to earnings call is a fantastic way uh, to live your life. <laughs> I think that there's no better time spent than understanding how companies uh, think that we are worth. <laughs> Uh, that concludes this episode of Nostalgicast. I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me on at Esposito Film on Twitter. And we'll talk to you soon about Gun.Smoke, the next game. 